Crash from the Primitives there on ABC North Queensland. Hope you're having a lovely start to the week. It's only just started, so hopefully not too much has gone <laughs> has gone awry so far. one 630 if you want to call in and get involved, or you can text in on 0487-993-222. We will soon be talking about that horrid situation where you put the wrong fuel in the car as i mentioned it happened to a someone who i know i'm not going i'm not going to throw her under the bus because you know these mistakes happen we've all done it a lot of us have uh, but we will be chatting to a mechanic about what to do because as we were discussing when it happened we kind of didn't know you like can you even turn the engine on just to move the car away from the pumps or can you mix it in with another fuel and hope that it sort of works out for the best we were just there was question marks all over the place there, so we'll go to someone who actually knows what they're talking about when it car- comes to cars very, very soon. But before that, it is time to check in, as we do every Monday, with Dr Joe Lukens. Good morning. Good morning, Henry. Great to have you in. You had a nice weekend? I had a lovely weekend, thank you. Have you ever done it, put the wrong fuel in the car? No, because I have a little habit hack that I do every time I fuel up for, for very much that fear of, of doing it, because I can only imagine... Um, how much time it takes when you when you get that wrong? So no a habit hack. Did you I have say a habit it? hack? Yes. So I actually, um, when I open up the Bowser of the car, of my car every single time, even though I drive a diesel car and it says diesel inside, but I actually read the word diesel. I don't say it out loud, but I read it in my head, and then I look at the pump and I read that it says diesel, and it's like matchy matchy, and I do it, and it it and it sounds funny to do it, except that about three months ago I was in Brisbane. I'd hired a car and I went to the Bowser and I picked up the, the Bowser itself and I looked down and it was unleaded and it saved me. So it's, the matchy matchy. so it's matchy matchy. It's worked for me all these years. So. Whether it's whether it's matchy matchy or some other tip, <laughs> I want to hear about them so that we can avoid this situation in future. Text in what you do to remind yourself of the right fuel. 0487 993 2. Now, Dr. Lukens, we are talking today about imposter syndrome and it's sort of when you can find yourself in a new role or given a new opportunity and um, you sort of just feel like, a bit of an imposter, basically. And as an author and psychology expert, you're joining me, as you do every Monday, to unpack the headspace of people with imposter syndrome. Can you talk us through what imposter syndrome is? Well, yes. So the imposter syndrome, it's it's more than self-doubt. So self-doubt is when we're not sure. So I'm not sure what to do when I'm standing at the bows and I've just put diesel into my unleaded car and so forth. So I've got some doubt around that. But imposter syndrome which as it's, as it's defined, it's loosely defined, is when you doubt your abilities and you feel like a fraud. So you might be in a situation where you're having to supposedly be an expert and um, you're doubting yourself. So it's, it's that combination of the two. So it's self-doubt. And, it, and it, we really see it for people when people's confidence is lower than their competence. So people are actually capable at something, but there's that self-doubt nagging away saying, someone's going to find you out. You're not very good at this. I don't know why you're here. Why on earth did they ask you to do this? So it's all that kind of really unhelpful self-talk that feeds into us, particularly when we're just about to do something. And the word you used there was you feel like a fraud. Fraud is a really strong term to be using, I would imagine, for, and that's more than just saying, oh, am I meant to be here and asking questions? So I imagine if you are feeling imposter syndrome, it would be quite strong feelings of doubt rather than, as you said, yeah, just going, Ooh, yeah, what am I it's, doing? It's, it's quite destabilising for people when they're experiencing it because if you can imagine if I'm about to do something, ideally my concentration is going towards doing that task. But, of course, we have that conversation going on in our heads all of the time. Our brain 
you know, creates our self-talk. And if some of that, if a percentage of that has been taken up with, Joe, you're no good, everyone's going to find you out, everyone's going, someone's going to, you know, someone's literally going to call you out and say, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Then if you've got that going on in your head while you're trying to do it, you're actually setting yourself up to not do it as well anyway, and then reinforce the fear that you had in the first place. And how can we know, because it does sound like there is a real difference between that, just normal doubting yourself and having a real bout of imposter syndrome. How do we know when it's ticked over into being that stronger imposter syndrome feeling? Yeah, well, it, it's tricky, isn't it? Because even the, the notion of imposter syndrome itself and that title, I myself personally, um, whenever I experience self-doubt and like every human experience self-doubt often, um, I'm mindful to even try to step away from the notion that it's a syndrome because it's not actually recognised as a condition. We, you know, we first heard about this mm. in about the late 70s, 1978, I think it was, when the phenomenon was first talked about. And it was talked about as a phenomenon and now we've kind of almost medicalised it and said that it's a syndrome, but it's not recognised as a, a disorder as such. And sometimes I think when we, we say, you know, I have imposter syndrome, it's almost like a condition and we've medicalised it for ourselves and that makes it harder too. But I guess... Coming back to your question about, you know, what's the role of self-doubt and when does self-doubt step into this imposter thinking is self-doubt's actually helpful, you know, in so, if you think about it in some ways, like the self-doubt of whoever it was who happened to put the unleaded in the diesel or the diesel in the unleaded, whichever one it was, went, oh, I'm not sure about this. So when we're not sure, we offer caution, we stop, we think, you know, it would be, you know do I put self-raising flour or normal flour or plain flour in this recipe? What do I do? And we sort of stop and we check with ourselves. So self-doubt can be helpful, but we can put ourselves in a place where we have confidence, but we tell ourselves that we don't. And then we might, you know, decline opportunities. We may not do things as well. So it really can pervade and, and, and interfere quite um, in quite a strong way in our lives. Dr. Joe Lukens is here on ABC North Queensland discussing imposter syndrome, which you mentioned isn't actually a syndrome. And just as an aside, I'm interested in what you were saying there of the medicalization of certain phenomena. So w when something does get labelled a syndrome like imposter syndrome has, and, and we do start to treat things medically when, as you said, they're still just phenomena and ideas, is that harmful? Does that lead to more stress about it if you're saying, I have this syndrome as opposed to just experiencing something that could be quite understandable as an emotion. Yeah, my, my, my view on that is that it is unhelpful. That, you know, and I always look at things through the lens of, is this helpful, is this not helpful? And I think that to, to medicalise it or to say I have this syndrome almost sounds like, oh, well, I can't do anything about it. And, of course, what we know is that imposter thinking is a transient thing. It comes and it goes. And some days we may experience it more than others. And often when we're putting ourselves into um, professionally risky situations, and by that I don't necessarily mean that there's a danger, although it could be that, but it might be like for me, I know I do a lot of public speaking, but when you put me into a room where everyone in there has a, a background in psychology, then I start to go, oh, do I, do I really, am I really the expert? Should I really be the person up in front of here? And you've got to be able to deal with that. So I, I prefer personally to think of it as imposter thinking. You know, I'm just having mm. some thoughts at the moment that I, I've just noticed that I'm doubting myself. And then I might check in and go, hang on a sec, well, why was I asked to do this? And so I might take myself through a, a series of questions to either allay my fears or to, or to you know, get myself out of the situation yeah. if I think that I need to. But more often than not, I don't. And, and I think that's the challenge for people is that, coming back to what I said before, when our confidence is less than our competence, it can get in the way. And is that 
usually something you see in the workplace or is it does imposter syndrome or imposter thinking go beyond just being at work can it be in social lives and when you're trying to integrate so i mean even personally speaking i know i have just you know come to a city where i didn't know anyone and you do start thinking oh is it when when you socialize oh am i just here because people are being nice and throwing me a bone that you know it's not an actual friendship is it or or things like that it's I'm curious if imposter thinking usually comes up mostly at work or if it can extend into our personal lives. Yeah, my experience is it's pervasive because I guess over my career I've worked with lots of people and I've worked with a lot of athletes Mm. and amazingly how many times very capable, competent, elite level athletes will doubt themselves, you know. So, and a little bit of doubt, as I said, can be helpful because you might go, well, am I really where I need to be in terms of my my free free throws or my, my... kicking game or whatever Mm. it is. So it can be helpful for us and it can move us towards uh, practicing more and getting better at what we do. But like you said, it can be in our social situations. It can be in our parenting. Um, Parents would probably, it would resonate for them, you know, but we can see it right across the domains of our lives. And we certainly, of course, see it in the workplace as well. Yeah. So if we are experiencing this feeling of being an imposter, what are some ways to cope? Well, there's lots of things that we can do, which is which is great, and there does seem to be a lot of discussion about this at the moment. So I, I, I'm sure if people look, they'll they'll find some good resources. But it does start with, as we've called our segment for for um, conversation, it's about being mindful, mm. paying attention. I've I've just noticed that I thought this, and I think sometimes giving ourselves a little bit of space from the stories that we tell ourselves, because sometimes we tell ourselves facts like it's Monday, and I'm pretty sure that it is because I come in on a Monday, so yes. I'm I'm pretty co- <laughs> I'm pretty confident about that one. I'm so, bet, I'm, I'll bet on Monday. Okay, all right, we'll go with that. So today is Monday. So I'm confident that it's Monday. Yeah, and So that's the fact that I tell myself. Mm. But the story that I might tell myself about what sort of job am I doing in this interview? Have I, have I answered your questions as well as you wanted me to? What will I say to myself when I leave the studio and so forth? Those are the stories that I tell myself. So mm. sometimes, you know, the, our facts and our stories sometimes need to be differentiated. And I, and I often remind myself that, is that just because I think it doesn't mean that it's true. And Mm. sometimes we are tough on ourselves. And I think the other thing with imposter thinking is sometimes we think it's, it's, it only happens to us. And, you know, I've spoken to a few people in in the last couple of days, knowing that we were talking about this topic and everyone I come across goes, oh, it's like you're, you're, you're telling my story. So it's, it is far more common. So knowing the signs, knowing you're not alone, I think is, is really important. Being kind to yourself and, and, you know, spending a little bit of time, take a deep breath if, you, if you're feeling anxious, you know, those sorts of things. But also talk to someone who can, you know, whose opinion you trust. Maybe there's a mentor, maybe there's a leader. And what I sometimes remind myself in, in the workspace is that if I've been asked to do something, then someone had confidence in me to ask me. Mm. So, you know, so every expert was once a beginner and, and we can set ourselves on that path and to have a go and, 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 le- and learn from the experience. You know, failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of it something that a teacher told me in high school I think I was I was in a musical school musical and I, I'm not a very good singer and I and I say oh you know everyone will be thinking about how bad I am it's all they're thinking about they're just that would be and he just turned to me and said Henry no one is thinking about you everyone is way too busy thinking about themselves <laughs> and, is, I, and I've held on to that I would <laughs> hold on that is wise advice <laughs> it was very good Dr Joe Lukens thank you for joining us as an author and psychology expert you always take us into the world of the mind on a Monday and uh, always great to have a chat my pleasure and I look to finding out about my um, the fuel dilemma should I ever find myself in it well stay listening to ABC North Queensland we'll be chatting about that very very soon it's almost 10 minutes to 10. 
You're listening to Henry Bretts on ABC North Queensland.